I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the scheme and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Step Over Podcast. I am Jim Adair. With me as always is Max, NBC's The Slapaport. Max, how uh, you doing? That was the worst one of all. I know, I just thought just of it. I was worse. like, you know what, that one's really, really bad. We're like three episodes into this one, like, bit and they're already terrible. Well, they've been terrible since the very beginning, except for the very first one, Ruled. Max Parappa the Rappaport. That one was perfect. Uh... But at least we're still at the point now where they actually make like rhyming sense. We're gonna get to a point where like they're it's just complete nonsense whatsoever. Um, because I'm committed to this bit, even though I almost immediately gave up on it and forgot to do it for like three episodes. But I'm, now I'm committed to the bit, so I'm happy about it. Uh, so yeah, Max, how you doing? We haven't talked in a in a quick minute. Uh, we did the typical thing, which we do. Um, which you know what? Let's just talk about this for one quick second. Yeah. Uh. A little meta conversation, metapod conversation. We're going to talk about the pod for a minute, on the pod. Um, someone, had to, I, I feel bad not saying who it was, but I can't, I, don't, not, I just thought of it top of my head, I don't have it in front of me. We had tweeted a couple of days before we did the last pod, basically saying, oh, we're going to be potting tomorrow, after the game, blah, blah, blah. Um, and someone tweeted at me. And we actually didn't end up potting that night after. It was like a Wednesday after the game. We saved it for a couple of days. Someone tweeted at me and was like, don't pod, wait for Fultz news. And at that point, it was like we were expecting, quote unquote, by end of week. So it would have been ten day a 10-day layover between episodes. <coughs> so I jokingly was like, we can't wait 10 days. People will forget about us. And they were like, no, we just wait till Fultz news. And I responded, if we... Wait for Fultz news. It won't come. And if we podcast, it'll come right after. So, Max, we waited for Fultz news for a couple of days. It didn't come. We podcasted. And I think, what, 90 minutes later? Not two Not two hours. It was, le- yeah, less than two hours later. No. Uh, the Fultz news yeah. came out. Yeah, so, you know... Fuck it, man. Like, what are we even doing here? We won't, I guess we'll probably get into... I mean, I don't even know if I want to get into the whole thing. But, like, that is just some... It's like uh, with great power comes with great responsibility. But we have no power. And we're bad with responsibility. So we're just kind of, like, flailing in the wind. And hoping we don't, like, accidentally step on a butterfly and cause the world to end. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I feel about this podcast. I'm, I'm losing it. Uh, anyway, Max, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Jim. <laughs> cool. Good. Good. Um, I also wanted to point out that I have a basketball car with the Menendez brothers on it. Just get that out of the way early as well. Very excited about that. Do, do you want uh, me to ask you about your Menendez you, brothers you that, card? I, I think you want to talk about it. It seems like... Uh, I know I did see that on Twitter, that you have that. Or you tweeted. Or you texted me. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Jackson, basketball card. Fucking rules. It's great. They look crazy guilty on the cover of that card it's fantastic but anyway uh 
On to Sixers basketball. Uh, you're 19 and nine, uh, third place Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, if you had told me, I was thinking about this. It's been one week. Okay, no. Uh, the thing I think this all the time with this team. They have so many situations and moments with injuries and and roster moves and like weird things happening. Where I always find myself saying like, if you had told me at this point in the season their record would be this. I'd be fine with it, but like the way we got here is so weird. But it's always true. It, like if if you had told me before the season, like they'd be nineteen and nine at this point, they'd be in third place and like whatever. I'd be like, hey, solid start. I'd hope for a little bit better, uh, but really good start. Happy about it. And then if you told me that like Dario was like playing like someone who had just seen a basketball the week before the season started, and then him and Covington got traded. Fultz, as far as I don't know how many arms, Zaire Smith is like somewhere posting Puma sneakers on his Instagram, but there's no sign of actual Zaire Smith anywhere. Jimmy Butler's on the team now. It's fucking wild. It's a wild thing. We're not even halfway through the season yet. We're very shy of halfway through the season, and so many crazy things have happened. And I think people are taking it for granted a little bit because Jimmy Butler's looked great. He's a great player. I under- underestimated how well he would do. But I think people are taking it for granted a little bit that the Sixers are 19-9 and in third place and playing really well as of very recently as they're falling into this rhythm through a lot of really weird shit so far this year. Like And, like, almost more than usual. Like, this team's used to weird shit, but, like, this is a lot of weird shit. Yeah, I, I, I will say, like, the other day I looked uh, at the standings and... Uh, you know, they have the, the last 10 game record um, and the Sixers are eight and two in their last 10 games. And it doesn't feel like that. Uh, and maybe that's just like speaks to where the team's at and how good they are at this point that it, that doesn't feel unusual. Like I think last season, an eight and two 10 game stretch would have like been noticeably, uh, I would have felt good about that. And I would have like noticed that that was happening. Um, and as it's happening now, I guess that Cleveland loss was in there and then a loss a few games ago. Um, but it, it feels, I don't know, it feels like I, ex- I expect them to win uh, at, at this point. And despite everything that's happened, it's, I guess it just speaks to how, how good that the top few guys on the, on the team are that uh, they've, one, they've weathered this, and two, the fact that all this stuff's going on, I still have the expectation that they're going to go into games and, and win most of them. And I think in the past, this would have, like, really, uh, I don't know, all the turmoil in the beginning of the season, the Markel Fultz stuff, the uh, weird Jimmy Butler, Embiid thing. Like, I feel like there would have been more, like, woe is me going on. And uh, it feels like kind of, it almost feels like there's two things happening. Uh, I, I'm rambling a little bit, but it feels like there's two kind of things happening at the same time. There's like this crazy uh, Sixers madness that, that happens all the time. That's like basically the last five or six seasons. There's always the weirdest shit in the NBA happening around the team um, in one way or another off the off the court. Uh, and then there's the on the court product, which feels very removed from that this season. Like the team has continued to just kind of chug along despite all this weird stuff that's happening uh whereas in the past few years i feel like those two things have been more connected like the the disarray uh, around the team or the weird stuff or the weird injuries have like affected the the actual basketball more and right now it feels like all this weird stuff happens and then the sixers basketball team that is totally separate separate from that goes and plays games and wins most of them yeah it's weird um 
I feel like a lot of it is like it's like, and I made this comparison with the team a lot of different times in like a thousand different ways. But it's like the show Lost before it kind of went off the rails, right? So Lost before it like went crazy when I like I like actually when I went crazy and did time travel and shit. But when it was for the most part a show about people stranded on an island with like a little bit of weird stuff happening. There was all this other shit going on, like in message boards and online with theories, and a lot of them ended up being true and like leading on line. But like, if you just read that and like never seen the show, and you watch this show, you're like, "What the fuck are they talking about? This is like a pretty normal show." And that's what I think about. Like, it's all this shit, and then you watch the team, and like, there's nothing wrong with this team. Yeah, there's no drama here. They play that way, which is like not that's new here, right? Um, I will say that the Butler Embiid thing, I think, is... I was going to make a joke about, like, can we curse on this? I already said the F word nine times, but it's horse shit. There's nothing there. And I think a part of that is the uh, the need to make something out of nothing at all times when it comes to sports media and sports talk and sports fandom at every possible turn. Uh, it's, you know, it's the... The, the Twitterization and the the Redditization and like the House of Highlightsization of every second of the NBA, right? Where like, you know, one crossover is a story for a week when it's like it was one play in a, in a game when like the team probably, the team where that happened probably lost. It didn't matter. Or like one quote that could have been out of context, could have been in context, is taken to mean 15 different things on 15 different websites from 15 different reporters, and they all run with it like it's the A1 story, and no one actually is saying anything because it's nine words strung together in a sentence and not actually saying anything. And that's what I feel the Butler and Bede thing was. I think there's nothing there, and I'm, I feel like people, there are people whose names I will not say, who I feel like are really, really, really trying to make it something. And that is the sign of someone who is bad at their job. I'll stop there. But you, people can probably read into that and look around and see who I'm talking about. Are, are you saying it's a fake news nothing burger? I will never say those words. And I hate that they were ever said out loud. I just think it is much ado about nothing to quote the bard Michael Bay. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's a fucking thing at all. Uh, and I think it's and like all right, I'm gonna say one more thing about it because it really kind of frustrated me. The narrative turned from this is dumb to this is irresponsible a little bit in a way where Joel Embiid essentially said if you or a human person who's ever had a, con- a conversation with another human person where you're not just like, these are your words, and this is exactly what you mean. Like, you use context, and you understand that not everyone says exactly what they mean and exactly the right way at all times, and you use your brain a little bit, and you can see that. I feel like, and you could open your interpretation, I guess, but if you disagree, you're fucking wrong. I'll say that. Uh, he was saying that he's frustrated with himself because he had a couple of poor performances he looked like he was gassed and felt out of shape um and maybe he personally didn't know what to attribute them to because he doesn't watch the games like we do because he plays them and he's on the floor so he said like oh i feel like i'm out of the perimeter more maybe i need to work on this work on that blah 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 frustrated with myself he said that much and everyone's like oh there's a rift he's angry that butler's there blah 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 and then when there's obviously not what it was, and it came out to, like when people thought about it for like a split second, and were like, "That's not what he was saying." 
the narrative turns to, oh, well, he was complaining. Is Joel Embiid too immature? Mm-hmm. How about someone just said something because they were like slightly frustrated at work, and then it's not just a bunch of like fucking chin beards and Cole's button downs talking shit. Yeah, fuck you, Coles. <laughs> like it's just it's so stupid. <laughs> He's like. Every single thing is nitpicked on the court and off where, like, a sentence that was perfectly fine and there was nothing wrong with it, there was no real implication to it at all, became a talking point because when the team has, like, more than one and a half days off in a row, everyone freaks the hell out. That was frustrating. I hate that. That bothers me a lot, actually. Go off. Yeah, I'm I'm done now. I'm putting the brakes on. I'm done. It, it, it sounds like what I'm you're done saying. Don't get mad about something else. It sounds like what you're saying is that we should take Joel Embiid seriously, but not literally. <laughs> Max, I'm gonna find another co-host, man. <laughs> I swear to God. No, I'm gonna. This is. I, I agree. I'm taking. I'm, no, I'm. I'm gonna go on ZipRecruiter. Uh, get a Birch Box. I don't know what else. Who else advertises on podcasts? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pull up MeUndies and uh... yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sit in MeUndies, <laughs> go on ZipRecruiter while cooking up some Blue Apron. Um, uh, make a website on Wix to promote it. Uh, I listen to like four podcasts. I don't know what else, who advertises on what. I don't know. Does Mailchimp bla- don't do li- blast emails? Is that what, I don't even know what Mailchimp does. Yeah, they do like blast emails, okay. which is also just like I feel like is not that big of a business. They just got they they hopped on the cereal train, man. That's what that was. They got famous off of cereal. I wonder what their like I wonder what their sales looked like after that. Anyway, Mailchimp. <laughs> that's where we're going with this. Uh yeah. So anyway, that's my thoughts on the MB Butler thing. Uh and I will say as I always do, uh don't tweet me about it because I won't talk to you about it because now I'm done. For now. Yeah, I think we're done here. I don't I don't really have much to add to the the MB Butler thing. It's not really worth talking yeah, about. Yeah, when this goes up, I mean, it'll be, it's right now, it's almost 11 o'clock on uh, Tuesday night on the East Coast. By the time this goes up and, like, I'm able to, like, talk about it, I'll, it'll be tomorrow morning. Uh, I might tweet out a list of, like, things I am done talking about. Just generally, an Embiid Butler drama you're trying to make, Markel Fultz, my rapidly vanishing hairline, uh... I'll talk all you want about Scientology, as we learned a couple episodes ago. Uh, but yeah, I'll make a list of like things that are that I won't talk about anymore, and put that up there if anyone gives a shit. Anyway, so what six what, what what six or things do we need to talk about? Um. Well, we just crossed out the two biggest ones. Um, here's something we can talk about, um, which I think is actually a super great thing. Two thumbs up. Um, and I also reminded me because I heard an Australian person speak today and I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, ben Simmons has looked incredible lately. Yeah. And I'm not talking like boxer. I'm talking like, like, I think I mentioned this last time too, but it's just, it's adding to it every time I see him too. People had like, uh, lambasted him for lack of a killer instinct or whatever. And he's just like, nah, that's, that's not the case, man. He's going off. I don't know if the trade spurned something in him. I said the same thing last, I'm repeating myself from a couple episodes ago, but it feels the same way. I don't know if he's encouraged by Butler, if he feels threatened by him. I don't know what it is, and I don't really care what it is. But he has looked like, not like a different player, because he's still doing all the same things, and he still has a few more turnovers than you would like. But he looks like... Um, I, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it. 
he looks like you just hit like a combo in a fighting game and like for like the next 35 seconds or whatever like all your hits hurt more like you got like a boost going on so like you're not flawless but like when you do something it's like really great that's been like for four straight games it's like he's on he's he, he got the star in, in mario and he's like running around doing whatever the hell he wants it's great I think honestly, you you, you kind of hit it on the head. Even going back to the the Jimmy Butler trade and the fourteen games he's played since then, uh, he's putting up sixteen, uh, eight and a half rebounds, eight assists, and he's shooting sixty three and a half percent from the floor. Like that's that's unbelievable. And I will say this too: <clears throat> we talked about this last time a little bit. We we touched on it, but we didn't say this exact thing, which I will say because um, we promise you at least one new thing every podcast. Uh, we talked about how close he's been to triple-doubles a lot this year because we were talking about the over-unders, and we both took the over at, like, 12, and he's had two, right? Um, and I don't even think necessarily he did it that much last year, but there would be a couple of games where maybe it seemed like he was... He'd get to, like, eight points or ten points, and then go, like, all right, I'm not going to shoot. Um, when I, like, make the team better, quote-unquote, uh, which I don't, I still believe him for, but, like kind of focus on the other two categories maybe to get that triple double like maybe quote-unquote stat chase if you want to say that i wouldn't um but it doesn't seem like he gives a shit at all about that this year i mean you can argue he probably yeah. didn't much last year either but like he like there's so many times where like if like if he really wanted to get like an extra assist or two or two more rebounds he could do it but he's not worried about it i also Go ahead. Uh, no, no, you go ahead, because I'm saying something that's slightly tangential. Well, I, I was going to say, I think we, we counted it up, or I, I think we were talking about this before, but uh, he has, what, two triple-doubles on the year, and uh, basically, like, 13 other times he's fallen, like, yeah. within an assist or a rebound or two. It was, like, yeah, 65% of the games or something like that, he was, like, within, you know, uh, an assist or two or a rebound or two or a basket. Yeah. That, that's nuts. And I think that that's like a positive in the same way you're saying, right? Where he's not going for that in the same way he was last season. Uh, I feel like at times last season um, seems to care a lot less about that. But yeah, I, I think I, I think I, I want to see him be more aggressive offensively. Like I think in the la- that's like really been the difference. Um, and maybe that's just having Butler there and having a little bit another ball handler and someone else who like attracts some, some attention. Um, but I, I like that he's been more aggressive. Like, I, you know, I, I pointed out the stats since since uh, in the 14 games since Butler got here, but in his last eight games, like since Thanksgiving, basically, he's shooting 69 nice percent from the floor, mm-hmm. uh, averaging 16 points a game on like nine and a half shots. Um, and it yeah. fe- and it feels like that. It feels like he just. I mean, he's obviously his his offensive game is still really limited, but he's just so dominant attacking the basket in transition. Um, and, and even in the half court, uh, you know, and, and posting up. And I, I just wish he did more of that. And I think we're seeing some of that in the last couple weeks. But, like, I hope that continues because I think um, the Sixers have kind of missed that over the last season and a half with him that, that um, he's done it at times but hasn't consistently put together a, a stretch like he has in these last five games. I think it was really easy <clears throat> in, the, uh, in the process era and when the Sixers, even before that, when they were just, like, bad a bunch uh, – to kind of like daydream about having like a guy that averages like between like twenty five and thirty points a game, right? Like we want that guy. Like you can have that guy. Like and you see someone who has the talent to to in your mind be that guy, and it seems like he doesn't want to be that guy. So then you get mad at him, right? You're like, well, Ben Simmons has the skill to get to the rim at will and and score as much as he wants. Why doesn't he want to be out there putting like twenty five, twenty six up a game? But that's all in the in the 
uh, in yeah, like the imaginary, like the thought of it, right? You're like, I'm blanking on words. Uh, English major, guys. Uh, where you're like, that's not tangible. And once you see that in person, once you see like, again, a different style of player, once you see Joel Embiid actually out there putting up like an average of like what, 25 to 27 a game, and you see how laborious that can be and see how hard it actually is, I think people need to realize that one, I don't think Ben Simmons can just get 28 a game the way people think he could. Two, it's really hard to do that. That's why so many, so few players actually do it. And three, that's what Embiid's there for, right? He's your volume scorer at this. Look, it's kind of crazy to think of as like a seven-two man being your volume scorer. And Butler's the same thing. You can't have three of those guys. That's the whole running thing with like big when big threes first started being a thing. There's only so many balls to go around, and if you want Simmons to really take so many more shot attempts, that's going to become a thing where there's only one ball to go around. Um, so I think that's a bit of a overshot thing. Uh, I think he'll probably always be a guy who, you know, if I if you if I had to put money on it right now, I'd say like I would put money that Ben Simmons like his like career high season average on points per game probably like twenty one twenty two. Because he does so much elsewhere, yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think he's ever going to add a three point jumper, uh, and he does so much more elsewhere. Where like that twenty one twenty two is a lot more valuable than someone who's scoring twenty one twenty two on eighteen shots and getting you you know two rebounds and an assist a game. It's so much more valuable than that. But I think, and this is something that Simmons had said, um, I think it was right after their first win after Blake Griffin dropped fifty on their domes. Um, and I think it was before the trade even happened. I can't remember the exact game, but I don't know if it was Serena Winters or somebody in the locker room, whatever, asked Ben after the game, like, what was the difference uh, in, like, this performance and the last one? And he said, we're having fun, right? Mm-hmm. And that's such, like, a cliche thing, like, just go out there and have fun or about the score or whatever. But it, first of all, it seems like he's having a fucking blast out there. Uh and I think that helps everybody. You know, I think Korkmaz even said something similar last night after he dropped die, or three-pointers all over everyone's domes, too, uh, when he would only cost two point or three million million next year. Um, but, like, yeah, people are enjoying themselves. They're having fun. And he's like, like, you can do really well in a loss, and you're not enjoying yourself, but you're having fun. Um, and I think that, that crosses over everything, too. I, I saw, I wanted to bring this up when I saw it earlier today. It was from last night. But uh, Ben Simmons just roasted someone so hard on Instagram, which is like, that's Embiid's thing. Did you see this? Yeah. Somebody posed her picture of him. If you guys didn't see it, it was after the game last night. Uh, Simmons was like, got, he took a picture with this guy and the guy was wearing the Donovan Mitchell Adidas, like rookie question mark shirt. I can't believe a single and, person other than Donovan Mitchell has worn that shirt. Well, that goes to his joke. And also like Ben took the picture with him. It was nice not to take a picture with him, which as I've said before, let me remind you, they don't fucking have to do that. And if they don't want to, that's their deal. You can't get mad at them for it. It's their life. They're real people. Uh, I took a picture with them. And then the guy who's like posed for the picture, or maybe it was somebody who commented on it, like um, said like, oh, I bet he wasn't too happy about that shirt. And Simmons commented and said something like, like, oh, don't worry about it. I know you got it on sale. And that's just such a good burn. Yeah. At both that dude and Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Oh, it's such a good burn. I loved it. And it's like, yeah, I think he's enjoying himself. 
and everyone's afraid that he's not, and he's going to jump ship to LA as soon as possible. At which point, I've said before too, can't do nothing about it. So enjoy it while it's, while it's happening, and hope it happens for a long time. So uh, before we move on, Max, do you think we should take a quick break? Uh, I think we should take a break to talk about another podcast or sponsor. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Baseball. Truly, it is awful. I'm Phillies writer Justin Clue. Join me every week, along with John Stolness, Liz Rocher, and Dr. Trevor Strunk, as we discuss all the ways the Phillies have hurt us on our podcast, Hitting Season, as well as historical anecdotes and raw, emotional ramblings on our other shows, Continued Success and The Dirty Inning. Subscribe to The Good Fight, and you'll get conversations with insiders, analysis of breaking news, and stats, stats, stats. Together, we'll survive whatever baseball can throw at us. And we're back. <clears throat> Max, do you think that Squarespace is the only company that advertises both on podcasts and NBA uniforms? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've ever heard of Bumble. That would be that would be the one. The Clippers have Bumble and I yeah. would I would have maybe thought that one, but I don't think the other ones are kind of weird. It's like Infor and all these like weird uh, tech companies. What does Infor do? What does Rakuten do? Make terrible looking the- logos, I guess. I know. Look, I I refuse. I if anyone tweets me telling me what what BioFreeze actually does, I will block you. Because I like to imagine they are just freezing people so they can wake up in the future, and they advertise to the Portland Trailblazers for some reason. But I'm writing a dystopian sci-fi novel about BioFreeze right now. So yeah, that's a weird one too. I don't know what they do, and I refuse to learn. But that's also a weird one. Um, but Max, we have been um, in the last episode. We tried to focus on it. But with the over-unders, it took some time, and then all the phone stuff was happening, too. Uh, so we didn't take a ton of questions. I feel like we're slacking on them a little bit. So let's dive into a bunch of questions. Then we got a bunch of different ones from like a wide-ranging uh, topics and different things. So let's hop on into that. Sound good? Yeah. Um, cool. Mikhail Ice asks, uh, how do we feel about Contavious Caldwell-Pope on the Sixers? Um. No, thank you. Yeah, I don't really want him. Um, I, I no, no, thank you. I don't think there's a way to make it work financially without giving up someone that I'd rather have. Um, the only I called him uh, Wilson Chandler without the swag. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize Wilson also, Chandler had swag. Uh, yeah, he's got swag. Um, he's also Wilson Chandler with uh, a much worse shooting percentage. <laughs> Except for in free throws, because Wilson Chandler is shooting 33% on the year because he's two for six. Uh, yeah, I'm not... He's... I mean, this year's salary doesn't matter, right? $12 million. He's got a 15% trade kicker, which I looked up. Uh, he can veto it, but, you know, who knows if he will or won't or who cares. Um, but it's a one-year deal. He's out at the end of this year, so it's a rental for this year. 
and he just doesn't move the needle for me at all, right? And to be honest with you, not to touch on it again, when I saw that report where it was like, I think the report was a Woj report, it was last night, or maybe it was Shams, I think it was Shams, said the third possible team in a three-team deal that would bring Trevor Reza to the Lakers uh, would be Philadelphia. And involved would be Trevor Reza, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, a first-round pick going to Phoenix, I believe, from Los Angeles. Um, and then Markel Fultz and Shake Milton. And my first thought was, I wouldn't give up on Shake Milton so quickly. <laughs> That's where we are now. Yeah. Uh, and I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I just don't have any interest, and I feel like the, the only financial... Because uh, you have to give up something of similar financial value to get it back. Like... Obviously, you'd rather have J.J. Redick, who's making similar-ish money um, in the teens. Uh, you'd rather have Wilson Chandler. Uh, you know, And I think, um, obviously, you're not going to trade Markel Fultz unless, you're, unless it's a deal where you're getting something else from another team and KCP is just like a throw-in for contract. I, I But I have no interest in him. It would just be as like salary filler. Um I thought a, a different question that Mikhail Ice asked was uh, also really interesting. He asked, uh, "Which we're gonna say really quickly if if KCP comes here, we will sell you a T-shirt that says you down with KCP,' and then under it says, I mean, I guess.' <laughs> Sums up the, the enthusiasm." <laughs> uh, Mikhail Ice also asked, "Which process era Sixers that are currently not in the NBA would be the most valuable on the Sixers this year?" Yeah, uh, there was a similar question that someone else asked, I can't remember who, that was pretty close to the same, uh, but the question, I believe, was, if you had a foreign process sixer to this team right now, who would make it the best? The only rule was, like, they had to be brought on by Hinky and be out by the time Hinky was gone, so their tenure is solely bookended by Hinky. Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer to that is the same as the answer to this, which is literally no one. I don't like that. There is no one... There is no one on any of those teams currently right now in the year of our Lord, almost 2019, who would be better for this team right now than Furkan Korkmaz, and he is the last man in the rotation. Not a one of them. So the answer is no one. Hmm. I want to say Isaiah Cannon recently was cut uh, from Phoenix, and I actually think he'd be... He would play. I think he'd be okay. He might be the yeah. He might be the only exception. He's actually pretty good. Like he's fine. As far as got as far as process Sixers who aren't currently in the NBA, Isaiah Cannon's pretty good. Um, I want to say I can't remember. Was it, did we get a similar question last week or like two? First weeks of all, ago? if you say process Sixers currently in the NBA, the answer is definitely none of those guys. Jeremy Grant would be nice. Not Okafor. Jeremy Grant likely. He'd be fine, but again, I'm 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 combining the questions. So Grant survived past Hinky, mm-hmm. so he's disqualified, right? Okay. So they're gone before Hinky was gone. So that cuts the, like that get, rules out Nerlens, which I wouldn't probably do anyway. Maybe I'd do. Uh, rules out Jeremy. Rules out Jaw, which wouldn't fucking matter. Rules out Stauskas. Rules out you know. Dario I don't feel like that's a fair or, way of thinking about process Sixers. I think that might even rule out Isaiah Cannon, and that's silly. No, I don't, think, I don't think it does. I think it's a fair way of... It's a very shorthand way of saying uh, you can't say Dario or Covington. Or Covington, yeah. Basically that. Which is fine. Um, 
But I think the answer is still no. Okay. Uh... I think I think once seeing a team this good, do what I did and go back and watch like the video, the YouTube video of the 2014 season highlights of KJ McDaniels. I think it was 2014. Uh, and realize about five minutes in, like, oh, this is just every basket he scored in the whole season. And it's nine minutes long, the video. And you go, oh, those would be completely useless people. Although I guess technically, the way the, the team's looking at it is that Sean Kilpatrick is a possibility. And he's technically a process sixer, isn't he? Yeah, he actually might be yeah. higher than Isaiah Cantor on that list, if I'm being, if I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe Sean Kilpatrick. There you go. Vasilije Micic. I still have his rights. Uh, is he EuroLeague Player of the Month recently? Yeah, and he, I'm pretty sure he's younger than half of the guys we talked I'm also about. pretty sure he's he t- averaged like 12, 5, and 3 to get EuroLeague Player of the Month. <laughs> Hey, that's still better than an Andy Pashyunks. That's true. Um, at Africa underscore by underscore Toto underscore asked, uh, wow. do you trade? Well, so his question, I didn't love his question. I'm going to move around his question. So his question was, do okay. you Because tra- I don't love his handle, so that's fine. <laughs> I had to, I had to uh, get his handle in. Do, do you trade? He asked, do you trade Butler, trade for Butler if it's Fultz and Dario? I think that's an easy yes to keep Covington instead of Fultz. I would rather ask, because I think it's more interesting, if you could swap Dario and Fultz, do you do that? Given how Dario has played there, given the upside, I guess you imagine Fultz still has. Um, I think that's a lot closer. I think orig- if you ask me on trade day, I'd say yeah. Um, And there's still a, 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 you know, a gap of the four here. Wait, are you saying that um, since the trade you are more wanting to keep Fultz than Dario? Like, that's moved more in that direction? No, I just don't think... No, I'll explain why I'm why I'm so uneasy about it in a second. Because mm-hmm. um, the ideal situation is that you keep Dario here, he's great at the four, and you're, everyone's hunky-dory, everything's going well, right? Yeah. But then he's, he's got to get paid. Right, so then it's not a long-term situation anyway, and the idea for Butler is that it's a very long-term situation. Same with Embiid, same with Simmons. So he'd be odd man out anyway. So for that reason, I don't necessarily... I mean, he's not going to be part of the long-term plans anyway. Love the guy, wish him well, still love him. Uh, but I don't think it really it moves the needle that much from the actual deal to swap them out. Especially... Um, we will see in the next month and a half to two months, two months-ish, mm-hmm. when the trade deadline coming up, um, if Fultz is able to turn into anything for them at all, then we'll see. But I think, you know, we all love Dario, but if you could swap that out, I'd say, like, yeah, but, like, it's not going to make a huge deal in the long run because Dario will get paid by somebody else, and you won't be able to match it because you want to commit the money to your big three. Yeah. Honestly, I, yeah, I probably keep Fultz at this point um, for those reasons. And also, now, if you I, said put Shake Milton in that deal, then I'm like, oh, guys, come on, pump the brakes. I will say that if if you gave me the option of this, this might sound bad uh, in a little bit with with hindsight. I'm going to say that if you gave me the option right now that I could choose one of Dario Fultz 
or uh, Landry Shamit to include in the trade, I would probably still include Dario and keep Landry Shamit and Fultz. I think that's probably fine. Especially since the deal's already done. We, li- we already live in that reality. Yeah. So I think that's fine. Now they're going to do one of those Jaron Jackson is basically beefier Christian Wood takes you head or whatever it no, was. No, no, no. It was, it was uh, Marvin Bagley, which is even more wrong, oh. but, uh, given yeah. how he's played this year at least. But uh, no, it was Marvin Bagley. Whatever. I like Jaron said, Jackson. I said very... I had I said very proudly after not having him in my top twelve prospects that Trey Young has bust written all over him. Oh, man, so do we do we call? Uh, to be fair, he's not. Do do we call Doncic doughy and uh, unathletic? Also, I'm I'm touching none of that. Uh, to be fair, I will say that uh, Trey Young is not very tall, so if it's written all over them, it's not written that many times. So maybe you know. Although it could be written on his head because that hairline, hoof, oh boy, it's like he sold his hairline to a wizard for basketball ability, and that wizard's also just kind of got other things going on, so hasn't taken the full claim in yet. <laughs> but oof, oh boy. Ah. Uh, anyway, next question. Jesse asked, "Do we like Mike Muscala? Do we?" Well, I will answer that question with a question. What do we mean by like? Do we like like him or like him? No. Do you mean like, is he fine? And will he have a couple like a good game here and there, and then a game here and there where you're like, what the fuck is this? Dude I'm gonna, doing? I'm gonna. Then yeah, I'm gonna. I like him. I'm gonna translate for Jesse and assume what he means is: Are we okay with the role that Mike Muscala has now? Uh, are we happy with Mike Muscala playing that role? I am happy with Mike Muscala playing more minutes than Amir Johnson. Yes, that is the right and answer. I know you, you're a you're a Muscala stand because he's from the Patriot League, the mighty Patriot Bucknell League. Bucknell Zone, Bucknell Zone. Mike Muscala, uh, with his Super Mario tattoo. Uh, yeah, he's fine with him. But every time he has a game where people get all excited about it, which was last game, and I know like yo. Know, the best part about sports is living in the moment, right? And not, like, winning a game going, like, oh, well, they're, oh, they're still not going to do that well this year. Like, it's best part is living in the moment. And the worst part is, too, because when the team's 19-9 and nine and they lose a game, everyone acts like they'll fire everybody, fire the coach, trade everybody. It's, it's, it's Living in the moment is a double-edged sword. Um, but when Mike Pascala has a game like he had, or Forkhan Korkmaz has a game like he had, uh, everyone gets excited, and then they forget that Mike Muscala and Furkan Kormaz are Mike Muscala and Furkan Korkmaz. They are, by definition, inconsistent, essentially. And you're going to have those games where they're going to look like they don't belong in the league, essentially. And you're going to get extra frustrated because the only game you remember is the one where they did really well. And you remember that game where, like, oh, he dropped, what do we have? What do you have, 18? I know Korkmaz had 18 last night. Yeah. What a, whatever, yeah. Like, he had a really good game, so you're like, oh, he had 18 then. But now he has two on. He's like one for eight, and you don't remember like the nine games in between where he averaged like five and a half. It's that. It's he's tall. TJ McConnell in that way. TJ's the same way. TJ comes in and has a spurt of he'll play fifty minutes in the game and he'll have like two really good minutes. Never remembers those two really good minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he comes out and is doing poorly, you're like, where? Where's the TJ of those two minutes from a week and a half ago? I wonder. Um, I wonder why uh, those two players rotate- might uh, get similar treatment. Well, no, uh, 
It's because they're rotational yes, players. Yes, exactly. Uh, no, but that is what they are. Uh, this bench is not deep. This bench is not great. They are rotational players. They are serving their purpose. They are the who we thought they were, essentially, right? Like, did I think Mike Muscala would have games where he's that, like, like games where I was like, oh, shit, Mike Muscala's doing really well. No, but it's because I paid very little attention to Mike Muscala because he's Mike Muscala. Are you really going to pay attention to, what, the fourth to fifth most important player in the NL Hawks last year? No. Right? Mike Muscala's dad's going to come the... kick your ass after listening to I this. I would love to see him try, man. You know what? Me, Seamus Clancy versus Mr. Muscala, Mr. Okafor, fucking WrestleMania. Let's do it. Blue Mania is the guest ref. ECW Arena. Let's fucking go. Get our asses kicked. That'd be great. Anyway. Pat, Pat. Uh, yeah, he, he is who he is. I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the way he's been performing, and he's been a few ticks above my expectations so far, but there will be stretches where he's a few ticks below my expectations. It'll happen. But as of late, he's been doing very well, and I'm quite happy with it. Yes, I will say yeah. that. The, the, I, I answered a yes or no question with four and a half paragraphs. The the uh, the correct answer was the first thing you said, which is that you're happy that he's playing over Amir Johnson, which is all you can ask at this point. Like That's who they got. They got Amir Johnson. Yes. They got Mike Muscala. I'm glad it's Mike Muscala. Um, do you want to take another break real fast? But I will we'll say this. The rest of the questions? Or do you want to, do you want to say this one last one thing. thing? Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like, on a personal level, I get along more with Amir Johnson. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Let's take a break! Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. My name is Bill Matz. I am the director of Fun and Games for Broad Street Hockey Radio Podcasts. And I am Kelly, the deputy managing editor of BroadStreetHockey.com. I'm Steph Driver, the NHL editorial manager for SB Nation. And I am Charlie O'Connor, lead Flyers writer for TheAthletic.com. And together we make up BSH Radio, one of the shows that you get at the SB Nation podcast family. We have a lot coming to you this year, and we want you to listen to our show. It is just an all-Flyers, all-the-time show, so much content. I really hope you listen to it. It is a great piece of the SB Nation podcast family, along with all your other favorite sports. We all love hockey, specifically the Flyers. Let's go the Flyers. The hockey team, the Flyers. And we're back. Um, that was great. So we have a few more questions left. Um, it's weird. That was an ad for Bumble after you said they didn't have any. It's I crazy. don't know what I was thinking. Uh, really disrespecting yeah. the sponsors who keep this, this show going. Um, Pat Kesick asked, uh, what kind of contract, speaking of Furkan Korkmaz, do you think Furkan Korkmaz gets in the offseason if he continues to play decent rotation minutes? Uh, and how much can the Sixers actually afford if they want to retain him? Okay, so you can correct me if I'm wrong here, because I'm wrong like 85% of the time, right? Yeah. And I don't want to have to correct myself next time, so just correct me in person as this is happening. Um, they turned down his team option. So, they can only offer him that amount, correct? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that's the case. Is that not the case? Since they turned down his team option, no, they, can they want to retain him this that. year. Are you sure? Pretty, I don't see why not. I think that's the whole point is that they... it's the rules. I think if you turn down their team option, they're just... 
they're free agents and there there's like the uh, arenas rule or whatever right, but, but the arenas rule still allows them to get more than the 1.7 million or whatever he was going to get i think it was like 2.03 or something like that maybe i'm wrong about that was, i might be a, wrong about that he was too. a first round pick i do think i could have sworn somebody had told this to me and by somebody putting the blame square on the shoulders of one mr dark bodner i think i tweeted about it I think they're limited in what they can give him, and other teams are not, essentially. So, what do I think Korkmaz gets this offseason? Whatever the limit the Sixers can give him, like, 20K more than that. Because there are teams where, if he if he has three more games like he had last night, uh, three or four more games this year, where he shoots, say, 40% from three, scores, you know, 15 to 18 points. Some team will look at him and go, yo, he'll be cheap as fuck because people might not sign him. He might just go back to Europe. Let's just throw $4 million at him because when you're an NBA team, $4 million is like a handful of pennies. Why not just do it? And they'll do that. And he'll go there because the Sixers won't be able to match that. I'm pretty sure. Well, and again, if I'm wrong... I don't care. I, I think for I think regardless of whether you're right or wrong about the uh, the ability to, to pay him more than that, I don't think they should or will pay him more than the you know maybe like slightly over that amount. Like if it was what like right. one point seven or two point oh three or whatever, like maybe they pay him two and a half million a year or something. I don't think they can afford to pay him much more than that. I don't think he's really worth much more than that. Like as well as he's played the last few games, I. I I mean, it'll depend on. I guess the question is, assuming he does this the rest of the year, but what do, what even is this? Like, he's even in the last like ten games, he's shooting like thirty five percent from three and averaging like I don't know twelve points per thirty six. It's not like he's doing anything crazy. It's not like he's doing anything you can't get from um, Landry Shamit, Cyrus Smith, all those other guys on your roster next year, and and probably a minimum contract veteran um, next season. And I think they're going to need, they're gonna need the money. Like, yeah. they can't afford to pay him, you know, real money next year. The very idea of doing the Butler deal on top of getting Jimmy Butler was also to have the ability to get better players in that slot for that money that you wouldn't get otherwise because they're not attracted to come here because you don't have a Jimmy Butler. So, I don't know. I, I said earlier a couple episodes ago i don't think he's like a long-term career nba player and i think i still stand by that um but the i general idea like if you're in a position where like you want to give him five million dollars next year that's a mistake and you messed up somewhere else i think is the general right that's safe to say yeah because there's better stuff to get for that amount of money when your team looks like this it means you missed out um, and and yeah. I think, I, I don't know, you look at next year and it's like the guys who you intend to probably keep on the roster. So you have Embiid, Butler, um, Ben Simmons, you have Zaire Smith, that's that's four already, uh, Landry Shamit, Jonah Bolden maybe, um, That that's six. Uh, and then you have, TJ, or you have uh, Markel Fultz is seven. And those are just guys who's, let's even take Bolden off. Let's say six without Bolden. Um, and then you still have J.J. Redick, you still have Wilson Chandler, you still have uh, Amir Johnson and Mike Muscat. Like They might bring some of those guys back uh, on smaller deals, hopefully, um, especially in the case of, of J.J. and, uh, and uh, Wilson Chandler. But, uh, but I think you, you 
look to fill those and you're probably going to draft a couple players you look to fill the rest of the roster um you're not going to have i guess you don't you just don't have the the roster space to keep a furk on corkmaz i think to pay pay and keep a furk on corkmaz next year i hope not um if if they do it yep. it's not a great sign like i think next year you're looking to sign one or two free agents with the cap space you have um, you're looking to bring back JJ Redick. Hopefully, you're looking to maybe keep Wilson Chandler or or Mascala. Uh, maybe Amir Johnson stays on a minimum deal or something, and then you're looking to fill the rest with whatever draft picks you have. Uh, maybe bring back TJ McConnell, whatever they do with Marco Fultz or in a Marco Fultz trade, and then the rest is you know uh, minimum salary guys who you get who you hope help you win next year. And I don't think Fergon Korkmaz is going to be better than any of those guys. I agree. Um, let's do one more question. I really like this one. Uh, Mike Lennial asked, um, our good friend Mike, asked, what Sixers news will drop immediately after we finish recording this episode? Um, they're moving the team to Switzerland. It's crazy. Um, can't believe it. They're, uh, I'm, uh, I had a, had a name for them. The, uh, what's it? What's that city in Switzerland? I don't Zurich. know. It's probably blanked. Zurich? Yeah. Sure. They're now the Zurich Toboggans. <laughs> Can't believe it. Uh, no, I honestly don't know. Um, it will, will be blindsided. There'll be a, I should probably be a trade, right? You think trade? If you're going to rank, news likely to break after this. Trade would be number one. Uh... Number two would be weird injury you hadn't heard anything about yet. Number three would be like... I don't know. I'm gonna go number one is Jimmy Butler has groinitis, and, yeah, and groinitis, his, his, he he is having a groinectomy and he will be out for the year. Oof. I don't even want to think about a groinectomy. That's like a goddamn nightmare. Yeah, number three would be like, oh, Brett Brown, all of Brett Brown's hair fell out and he can't coach for the rest of the season. Sorry. Um, number four would be like, I don't know. Franklin's a proud boy. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows, man? This team's wild. Um. Anyway, don't want to end on that note. I saw a question. Can I bring it up? Yeah. I don't want to end on that. Yeah, note. let's not end, end on Franklin. The, Franklin's a proud boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we. Sh- I shouldn't have said that at all. So maybe we can cut that out. Um. Someone asked. I feel bad. Maybe Max. Maybe you uh, start it. I don't have it up in front of me. Someone asked. Uh. The starting five is indie bands. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot that it was earlier in the day, so I forgot uh, yeah. that. I did you did I you think about it? it? I didn't think about it hard bit, enough. So I put together. Oh man, I didn't go crazy over it, but I uh, I put together, and you can give me your your reading on it if you're. I think you know most of these bands, so you can give me a reading on it. All right, so we'll go by position. So uh, for Ben Simmons, I have Camp Cope because they are from where Ben Simmons is from in the suburbs of Melbourne, Australia. You already lost uh, me. I don't even know who that is. Very good. You should listen to Camp Cope. Uh, Young, talented, uh, full of potential, big future ahead of him, uh, and from the same place in Australia. Camp Cope, great three-piece punk band. Great. Awesome. Uh, For JJ Redick, I have Dashboard Confessional because he just looks like Chris Caraba. Let's be fucking honest about it. When I saw this, and maybe you have one that comes to mind, I was trying to think of... um a band that was like more mainstream or like kind of broy that became uh that became more indie and like hip 
Um, that doesn't exist. No, that that exists. You're thinking of the opposite Mumford and Sons. Well, I guess I guess what I'm thinking of is uh, what's his name from Starting Line, the the lead guy from Starting Line who became Kenny? vacationer, right? Well, yeah, that's a different act, though. Like, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like Kelly was in Kelly Okarika was in Block Party, which is like a, a fairly big like indie band, and then he like went solo into like club music. That was different, but like it's a different act. I wouldn't consider that mm. the same project. So yeah. But he looks like Chris Caraba. Okay, so fair, fair enough. That's that. Uh, for Wilson Chandler, I thought about this the one the least, so I don't care if you like it or hate it. Um, I like Wilson Chandler, fine enough, but he just like does nothing for me. So he's car seat headrest. Because uh, I'll be straight up. I don't give a shit about car seat headrest, man. I just don't. Sorry. Don't care about the Flaming Lips either. Put those both in the same Ooh, group. Flaming Lips is a good one, both yeah. Although Flaming Lips is really uh, overrated. I don't feel like Wilson Chandler is overrated at all. He's barely rated at all, which is Garcia Bros. Anyway, uh, next two I'm actually happy about. I, I, I didn't think of these too long, but they kind of came to me, and I'm like, these are great. Uh, I tried to – my first thought was with the Ben Simmons, and I'm like, oh, they're from the same area. Uh, so I was like, for uh, Joel Embiid, I'll, I'll go before going to Butler. I'm like, all right, well, Embiid's from Cameroon. Don't know anybody's from Cameroon. So he went to College of Kansas. What bands are from Lawrence, Kansas? And it's like, he's not mates of state. So he went to rock school in Gainesville, Florida. He's also not against me or Mud Crunch or Tom Petty. Uh, So I went with uh, Arctic Monkeys because Arctic Monkeys went from being, you know, 18-year-old, you know, don't know much, whatever, is to being the biggest band in England very, very, very quickly. And then kept getting better until the last two records, uh, but kept getting better and better and better. And it was like, wow, these guys are like savants. They're wonderkins. They're, they're, they came out of nowhere. They were so young, and they're just dealing with it so well, and they're just getting better and better and better. And that's Joel Embiid. Hmm. Um, and then for Jimmy Butler, I started again with the same thing. Uh, no bands that I could really think of I can link to them out of, that are out of uh, Houston, where he's from. Uh, and then Marquette, you know, whatever. But uh, he played in Chicago for a while. And Jimmy Butler is one of those guys where he does everything pretty good. And if you don't watch him all that close, you're like, oh, he does everything pretty good. But maybe he's not really all that great. You know, everything's good and above average. Maybe he's not really that great. And then you really pay attention. You're like, oh, wow. He's actually really great because he does everything really, really, really well, and it just comes together in a perfect way. And that's why Jimmy Butler is Wilco. Oh, and man. that's the whitest thing I've ever said in my Jesus entire life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jimmy Butler is chubby-ass Jeff Tweedy in a fucking bedazzled blazer. That's what he is. I love it. Oh, let's end there. That's... Do, you think, do you think Jimmy Butler would like Wilco? Uh, he probably would. Well, he, he likes, likes country. He likes country, so maybe he'd like like yeah. AM or something. He'd like the, the yeah. He'd like some stuff. of the stuff. He'd like he'd like the uh, the Woody Guthrie record. Yeah, yeah, that'd be. That's good. actually that, I like that one. That one's actually pretty good. It works on multiple levels. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is Wilco. All right, let's yeah. let's let's end there. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, uh, I will be at the game tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be tonight if you're listening to this. Uh, tomorrow obviously uh if you see me do not talk to or approach me thank you uh 
Max is. Uh, you were telling me you're going to some games I'll, on the West I Coast. I will. I I'll probably be at the game in Portland on uh, December 30th, and definitely I'll be at the Clippers game in LA on uh, New Year's Day. So if you're there, yep. tweet at me. Also, I do want to. If anyone uh, heard Jim's uh, indie band mashup with the starting lineup, I would like to hear uh, tweet at at uh under it's the underscore step over uh if you have any better ones or if you have uh any of the bench players or even like former sixers i'd kind of be interested in, in seeing those yeah we'll I'm, i want to hear all of those as well um but i do want you got to give us like a, a little bit of a reasoning you can't just throw it at us and be like this is what this is got to give us a reasoning at least like um, a sentence or two yeah like uh marco fultz's neutral milk hotel because he looked really great at the beginning and then he fucking lost it <laughs> Uh, oh, man. Damn, that was a good one. That was, did you just pull that out of your ass, or were you like... I did, and I feel bad about it immediately. That was good, though. No, I like that. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, all right, that's uh, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, guys. see ya.